Looking for a silver lining to the dark cloud hanging over you? Today on Maranatha Radio, Pastor Ray Bentley has it. Without storms, without trials, without stress, without adversity, and without even sometimes failure itself, we would never grow to be what we should become. All spiritual growth comes through affliction. Spread the news of His people coming down before the King. Lift your voice, Jesus is coming, join the song, sing along, let it ring. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. It's true that in every life a little rain must fall, but some seem to be living in a rainforest. But today we'll see God is not unaware of our struggles. In fact, He uses those challenges to perfect us into the people He wants us to be. Some great perspective today for the trials you may be facing. We're gonna just do a one story from the Gospel of Luke, chapter eight. The title of the message, Divine Rest and Divine Storms. This is a famous passage where Jesus is with the disciples. You're probably familiar with the story. They're in a boat. Jesus says, we're going to the other side. And I'm sure it was just a normal, <laughs> typical day, if there is such a thing, with the Lord. And then, while they were on the ship, a storm comes. This has all kinds of application for our lives, uh, for where we are right now with what's happening in our nation, what's happening on a larger scale in our world. It just makes you hunger again for the good news. And God's word is nothing if it is not just good news. All right, Luke chapter 8, and we're going to look at verses 22 through 25. We read in verse 22. Now it happened on a certain day that he, Jesus, got into a boat with his disciples. And he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. All right, let me describe the scene. It had been a long day of ministry. By this time, Jesus has done enough miracles, supernatural, divine acts that everybody around the shores of the Sea of Galilee, there, there were a variety of little fishing villages that dotted the Sea of Galilee, which is beautiful for a situation up in the northern part of Israel. They were all gathering now to that place, his headquarters around Capernaum, and Jesus now was being pressed in, as you can imagine. On every side, there were people, there were multitudes, there were crowds. You know, we have certain celebrities today, but there, I don't think there is any celebrity in recent memory, let alone that might be alive today, that would compare with the zeal. If you had, especially you think you go back 2,000 years ago, 
and the varieties of sicknesses and illnesses and diseases and infirmities and possessions and fears and all that they were going on with. And, and that here was a man that literally and virtually every single person he touched was healed, no matter what they had. So it's not just crowds gathering to hear with their ears. It, it is multitudes of people physically pressing in to see him, to hear him, and to physically touch him with all of their... So this had been a very, very long day. And Jesus, lovingly, like a shepherd, would take time with each and every one according to their need and minister to them. And finally in the evening, as the sun is setting, as the stars are beginning to come out, Jesus gets to the shores of the Galilee, gets into the boat and says, we're going to the other side. And then as they go out, there's several things happen. They finally, there's probably among the, the disciples as they're in little boats, by the way, they're not, they're not huge. And so here you, you can imagine it was very close quarters. It, it was kind of like an oversized canoe, if you will. And Jesus falls asleep. He is exhausted. Uh, when people are constantly coming up to you and needing something and asking something and drawing from you, uh, the, the emotion, the heart, the energy of ministering like that is extremely physically exhausting. And Jesus is a human being, fully human. I love that, that God became a man. And he falls into the deepest, most calm sleep that you can possibly imagine down at the bottom. At the same time, this storm comes, a windstorm it is called, or literally a hurricane of wind. Matthew, uh, his gospel uses the word seismos, which literally is where we get our word seismic, which we use for earthquakes. And there are storms that come to this modern time uh, that the fishermen, they don't go out when it's like that. It was so violent that these lifelong, professional, experienced fishermen said, uh-oh, we are taking on water, we've been caught, we are going to perish, we are going to drown, and Jesus himself is asleep in the bottom of the boat. Now, even though the disciples were not aware of it at the time, this absolutely miserable storm was in fact a divinely appointed storm. God, in one way or another, had allowed this storm to come. It had a divine appointment for such a time as this. And this storm was going to teach the disciples a lesson they would never forget the rest of their lives and then become one of the most famous stories it's told in three out of the four Gospels. And here is a divine principle, and I put this into your notes because it very simply says this, without storms, and the metaphor obviously, without trials, without stress, without adversity, and without even sometimes failure itself, we would never grow to be what we should become. Now on the one hand, Jesus is God, he's the Messiah, and, and some people have this idea that becoming a Christian is, if I get close enough to Jesus, he, already seeing the storm out on the horizon, stops it out where it is. But no, that's not what he does at all. 
Jesus goes to sleep. He's not worried if a storm should come or not. I believe that this was a divine or a divinely appointed storm. God allowed this storm to come. And every experienced, maturing believer knows that whatever spiritual truth that, that is gleaned and, and really becomes part of your life, all spiritual growth comes through affliction. It doesn't come for being, you know, having it easy or being protected from the hardships and the realities of a fallen world. And I don't know how to share this with you other than just to say it like it is, that, that your Father in heaven loves you so much. But oftentimes, our perspective and our prayers and how we want God to come and, and, and fend off all bad things and, and all trials, and, and we constantly are trying to pray to cushion ourselves away from these things. But our Father has another agenda in mind. He is not thinking of your briefly earthly life. But your Father looks from the view of heaven for eternity. God, our Father, wants us to grow up and be like His Son, Jesus Christ. He is very keenly interested in developing our character. And I might add, even though I am a pastor, He's far more interested in, in my character sometimes than I am, you know? He wants me to grow up in Him in all things. Sometimes I'd rather go ahead and have it easy, you know? Anybody with me on wanting it a little bit easier? A little bit of, you know, cushion, comfort, help, deliverance, you know, take it away, Lord. But storms are God's way of bringing us into a deeper grace and deeper life. And the reality is, and I guess I'm saying this a little bit because there is a kind of teaching of Christianity out there that if you have enough faith, you can keep all storms at bay. You can kind of go where, where everything is that is hard and difficult is pushed away from you because you have this vibrant faith. I would suggest to you the very exact opposite. That because and if you do have a faith and a growing faith and a living faith and a vibrant faith, God will allow divine obstacles, divine opposition, divinely appointed storms to come into your life to show you that you do not need to be afraid and that his word can be counted upon in the worst of circumstances when you think it's all lost and now look what's happened. God has allowed this to happen in my life and we're going down. No, you're not. No way, no how. Why? How do you know that? Because when they got into the boat, when it was all nice and sunny and the birds were you know, singing and, and the sun was setting and the stars were coming out and they first got into the boat where Jesus nestled down and began to sleep so peacefully, Jesus gave the word, we are going to the other side. Done. It does not matter from the moment Jesus gave the word what happened, how high the waves are, how loud the thunder was, how brilliant the flash of lightning. It doesn't matter because Jesus has given the word. You will make it to the other side. I cannot tell you this book, this is our manna, this is our heavenly bread the words of Jesus Christ. Even if Jesus were to appear to you in a dream or in some kind of a vision, more times than not what he would probably do is, what have I said to you in my word? What have I declared to you in my word? 
Live in my word. His word is awesome. His word is life. His word is powerful. His word is enough. You have his word, (laughs) you can learn to see the storm and not even worry about it. Once you've gone through the experience, you can nestle down with Jesus and say, okay, I'm gonna take a nice nap too. You can be calm in the midst of the storms. Without adversity, may I say, as some versions of Christianity go, we would be unbearably self-centered, proud, shallow, empty people. I wanna say tonight that perhaps you are facing a storm, but whatever you're facing tonight, whatever storm there may be, if you have Jesus Christ in your heart, as it were, in your boat, and he's given his word to you, you are not gonna die, you are not gonna drown, you're not going down. In fact, you're going to make it all the way to the other side, not only the other side of earth, but all the way into heaven, amen? Glory, hallelujah. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Pastor Ray's messages continue to reach so many people every day, and we've received encouraging comments from listeners around the country. I've listened to Pastor Ray teach about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, along with many stories from the Bible. I always appreciated how he taught from the Word of God and made it relatable and engaging. I'm glad that his ministry continues. To Pastor Ray's family, lots of love and hugs, and God bless always. It's so encouraging to hear how Pastor Ray's teachings have touched so many lives. If you have a message to share, you can email us, ray at raybentley.com, or post a comment on our homepage, www.raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. We have the word of the Lord. And there is an exciting moment, and I do believe that the disciples did eventually get there, especially the other side of the cross and resurrection, where they knew when opposition came, when adversity came, when the winds were blowing and literally howling in their face. They could recall the lessons learned here and say, This is really going to be exciting how the Lord delivers this time. And every time may be a new way and a different way because our Father has infinite variety. He has all power, uh, but He will deliver you. Storms do expose fears. However, we look in verse 24, and they came to Him and woke Him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. They thought everything, including the prophecies about the kingdom, We're going to be lost. Hey, we're all going to drown. We're the apostles of the kingdom. And the king of the kingdom is going to drown. You may feel like that, but know this. When you have such feelings, contrary to the word where Jesus said, no, we're not going to die, we're not going to drown, we're going to the other side, is what his word said. So what do we learn from this simple little story? Sometimes, especially when the storms are howling, our feelings are wrong. How we feel, it's over, it's all lost, we're going down, we're going to perish, and we begin to panic. Wrong. The disciples were wrong. So who is our model? Jesus. What is Jesus like in the midst of the storm? Calm. How calm? He's sleeping. He is resting. He is taking a nap. Then Jesus arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water 
and they ceased, and there was a calm. Mark's gospel is more emphatic. Mark says, Jesus said to the wind, be muzzled. Or we might say, he said to the wind, be quiet. Now this had to be dramatic. I'm imagining that there's wind howling, there's waves, there's water, they're all drenched. The disciples are screaming, ah, we're gonna die, we're going to perish. And Jesus says, be still. And instantly, not over a period of time, but instantly, in a miraculous moment, the winds just die. And there they are standing there in the boat, the disciples, dripping wet, Everything's calm. Jesus is facing the wind that has just obeyed his voice, and then he turns around and looks at them. Awkward moment. <laughs> because at that time, Jesus has a question. One question. It's the same question that Jesus has for you and I that may be facing adversity, affliction, a, a storm, a challenge, and we're all panicking and freaking out. As we're God's children, we're his disciples. Jesus asks us the same question he asked his own disciples. Where is your faith? Which becomes really obvious when the storm has just gotten really quiet. And he has shown that he has the power like that. To make a death-defying storm obey his word. Remember, I gave my word back when we got started and I was having that nice, comfortable nap, we're going to the other side. I said it. It's done, guys. You can enjoy the storm next time because we're not going down. If Jesus is in your boat and you trust in his word, you can't go down. You can have an exciting ride. You can see things that are like, whoo, I didn't know it was going to, you know, <laughs> it was going to be like this, an Indiana Jones kind of a ride from one side to the other. Where is your faith? And as I put into my notes, the disciples' problem was not the storm around them, but the unbelief within them. Isn't that always true? We think our problem is all this stuff that's flying and blowing around out here. And the Lord's saying, no, actually, all that stuff, I got that under my thumb and my word and my control. The real problem is what's inside here. And in fact, the reason I allowed all this stuff to be blowing around out here is to expose and reveal what's going on inside here. All you need to do then is to recognize it and say, Lord, I'm so sorry. You're right. You, these guys had been with Jesus already. They had seen him raised the dead, they had seen demons scream knowing who he was, they had seen blind eyes be healed, issues of blood dried up, lepers be cleansed, people be forgiven, heaven breaking out literally the pores of Jesus' skin. And so just say, Lord, forgive us our little faith. In fact, you could say that their lack of faith was spiritually unreasonable. Now here's an interesting thing, in Psalm 107, verses 24 through 30, it's in your notes, let's read, this is out of the Old Testament, out of the Psalms, but I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, let's read this scripture out loud together. They see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep, for he commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens, they go down again to the depths, their soul melts because of trouble, they reel to and fro, 
and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble and he brings them out of their distresses. He calms the storm so that its waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet. So he guides them to their desired haven. Did you ever read that like that? And we're putting that together with this story of the Jesus calming. This, you know who this is talking about? This almost seems like a prophecy of what the disciples experienced, but it's in the Old Testament. Who is it talking about? God, creator God, Jehovah God. When Jehovah God speaks, he calms the storm. The disciples knew because they were Jews who had read the scriptures that Jehovah could calm the seas with his word alone. Now they've just seen Jesus do what Jehovah can do. Logic therefore demands that Jesus is creator, God, uniquely one with the Father. The disciples' understanding of Jesus at that moment must have gone through the stratosphere. And therefore we read in the New Testament, Colossians chapter one, verses 16 and 17. Let's read this out loud. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Now, I want to say this with all the reverence that I can muster as a pastor from the authority of God's word. Jesus Christ is equal to God the Father. He has the same power. He is described in the book of Colossians as the creator of all things. And guess what? If you are my brother or my sister in Jesus Christ, he's inside of you. The creator of all things, by whom all things were made and for whom all things were brought into existence, dwells somehow amazingly inside of you and inside of me. It's not our power. It's not even about us at all. We are the vessels in whom this unbelievable treasure now resides and dwells. And even from within you, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. So the Bible says, he is in you. And therefore, whatever storms God has allowed to come into your life are only to expose and to reveal that he who dwells in you is greater still. And you live by his word, trust in his power, know his authority, experience the glory of the Lord hidden within these earthen vessels, the treasure that dwells within. Revelation 4.11, let's close with this one. Let's read it out loud. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and are created and were created. Jesus is the creator, the sustainer of all things. Guess what? If he can create the universe, he can take care of you and me. Amen. Great encouragement for our storms of life. From Pastor Ray Bentley and our study of the Gospel of Luke today here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled Divine Rest in Divine Storms. If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com.
That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. Also, click the word media, and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo, three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And you'll also find Pastor Ray's books there at raybentley.com. His new book, The Final Witness, is an engaging prophetic fiction novel, part of the Elijah Chronicles series. It's riveting and educational at the same time. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Or our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.